This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am your host today, actually, uh, so Brad Livingston, and uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Brad Livingston underscore, and with me today, um, you guys have heard Karen on the podcast before, Karen, show hey. them some love. what's up, what's up? <laughs> and uh, Karen, tell them where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Karen Swan underscore, but Swan has two ends. Two ends. And then with us for the first time on the follow-up podcast is our super amazing, dope worship leader here at Transformation Church, <laughs> Anna Frost, soon to be <laughs> Anna Garrido. Mm. Uh, coming up, what are we, six weeks out now? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know how many days it is? Nope. Maybe 30-something. Yeah. 30-something. 30 30 30 so, yeah. uh, so, Anna, tell them where they can find you on Instagram. At Anna Frost. Just one in, though. Just, just one in. Just yep. at Anna Frost. So, uh, it's good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And so, uh, we finished up part four of our uh, detox series and... Um, the title for this week was uh, Carry On. And so essentially kind of what we were talking about um, to give a brief kind of recap and then we'll get into the weeds of it was the idea behind, um, I, did, I didn't want to use the term maintenance mode because I think that like has a negative connotation, but like what are the things we need to do to maintain spiritual health? Uh, what are the things we need to do to maintain um, you know, cause you can't really live in a detox where you're just constantly trying to get stuff out of you. Um, but if we live in a way that we're constantly putting healthy stuff in, then we don't have to detox as often. Right. So we just kind of keep like a, a better perspective and, and a better, uh, way of life. We kind of keep, um, you know, our, our focus, uh, if, if you want to use that term. Um, and so we just more clear when we're putting healthy stuff in on a continual basis, we don't have to work as hard to get to detox the bad stuff out. So we started with the definition of detox, which is the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. And we kind of looked at first Thessalonians five twenty three was the launch for that, that kind of focus. It says, may the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God and may your spirit, soul and body be kept strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. And so we really put emphasis on the word kept. And so if we need to keep, uh, that means it's going to be a continual process of. So we're keeping our spirit, soul, and body strong and blameless. So we looked at what it takes to get to that point. And then this week was really the focus on keeping ourselves that way. Um, and so we talked about the rule of five. And ha had either one of you guys ever heard of the rule of five before Sunday? No, I hadn't. Mm -mm. Okay. So um, the idea behind the rule of five, for those listening out there, is that if there's something you wanted to accomplish like every day, if there's, some, or if there's something you wanted to be, you have an end goal, you have a, uh, a destination, you want to be a great leader, you want to be a great parent, you want to uh, you know, be as faithful of a believer as possible, you know, what is your rule of five? What are the, what is, when you picture the things you want to accomplish and then what, what are the five things that you can do um, to put yourself in a position where you would be successful at that. And then you do that every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so the rule of five, you know, the analogy we use Sundays, if you're going to chop a tree down, 
and you were going to go every day and take five swings of an axe. You would hit it one, two, three, four, five. Uh, and then you would put the axe down. You'd come back the next day and do it again. Eventually, that tree will fall. And essentially what we were talking about is the idea of if you you, you need to find the things that you need to do every day. Because um, a lot of times, you know, um, I think about music. Anna, you're both a vocalist and a musician. You just don't tell anyone hmm. about the second <laughs> half. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just kind of hold back your musician skills from everyone um and karen you play piano do you do you play the piano or do you <laughs> play really at the funny. piano so i have a life goal to be able to sit down and play something to have a good enough understanding of of the instrument to be able to do that however i took one uh piano class in college and so in that class you know i learned some of the very basics and right now my piano playing is me going on YouTube and looking at other people play piano and me trying to copy it. You're looking at, you're looking at their fingers like that's where that one is. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I inherited a piano from my grandmother. I'm, and I, I'm well aware. Of yeah. That piano. So Brad helped move the piano into my house. It's super heavy. So I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, so I have a piano in my house and I've played it since it's been in my house. I probably played it about three times. So, you know, it's just kind of something I like the idea of. Mm. I wouldn't say I play piano. Okay. Yeah. And Anna, what is your musical experience outside of singing? You mean like instruments? Yeah. I told you I'm really not a musician. <laughs> I am kind of similar to Karen, though. I, I can look at people play something and kind of pick it up a little bit, but not not like enough to get up on a Sunday and She play, can pick but, it up way easier than me, though. And I can kind of play guitar, but... Again, not, I can, I have like one strum pattern. I can't, that's all I can do. <laughs> so, so I've, I, I'm a musician, not a vocalist musician. Uh, we joke about that a lot because I am, um, I have, I have accepted that the Lord will never let me be uh, a singer. And he just chose not to give me that gift. And I know why he chose not to give me that gift because if I could sing, I would have led worship for the rest of my life and I would have never started preaching. Right. Because I love the worship that much, you know, like it's just it's in me. I'm sure you guys see on Sundays, like I could be the only one in the sanctuary. I'm going in. I yep. don't know what y'all are doing during yeah. worship. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, anyways, I just love worship, and I know that if the Lord, I he he gave me the gift to play music, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and had he let me sing, I would have just done that forever. So he said, nah, fam, not going to let you do that. Uh, and so uh, my singing can clear out a sanctuary, but it won't fill one up. And because of that, um, you know, I, I, I just love music. And I, so I, I worked on, you know, piano, guitar, bass, drum, just, you know, whatever. I, I, so I, I play a number of instruments. All that to say, um, what I found, especially as, a, as an instructor, so I, teach i don't do it much anymore but i taught drum lessons for a long time um and one thing that i would always tell my students getting back to what the reason i asked one thing i would always tell my students is you don't if you think you're going to become great by putting in three hours of work one day a week 
it's never going to work for you. Right. It's the 20 minutes every single day because it's about dexterity. It's about muscle memorization. It's, it's a, you know, it's about breaking down in your mind, especially in drums. You gotta, you have to use your two feet differently, your two hands differently. Your brain has to really work to separate those four body parts. And if you're not doing it every day, it doesn't matter that you're, so the accumulation of time doesn't matter. It's about the consistency of every day. So for example, if you did 20 minutes a day, you know, times seven days a week, that's 140 minutes. That's two hours and 20 minutes. Um, you know, if you were to do two hours and 20 minutes on Friday, it is not the same thing as doing 20 minutes every day. And so, and I think this is the same thing where it's like a lot of times people try to accumulate their spiritual life into, you know, two hours on Sunday. And that's not the way this works. It, it has to be, you know, theoretically 20 or 30 or 10 or what, but it has to be something you do every day. And for some of us, the, our rule of five represents that. What are the things we're going to do every day to become the person or the leader or the whatever um, that we want to be And Proverbs 17, 24, Karen, why don't you read that for me? Um, tell me what it says there. Yeah. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Right. And what are the, what's the word that we kind of emphasize there? Wise action. Right. So an intelligent person has a plan. Like they go in with wise action. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and many of us have heard like the phrase when you plan, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you don't go in with a game plan, you know, uh, then you come in mind all over the place you don't know what's going to happen and uh, we don't like that do we Karen no I live my life by that <laughs> saying everything has to have a plan Karen is our type S personality on yes. staff yes. Um, whereas most of us are D's or DI's she's our type <laughs> S and we drive her crazy yes yeah, so if you've ever heard of the disc personalities um, that that test that you can take I highly recommend you go just google disc personalities find out which one you are because it is so helpful yeah, yeah. Anna, what are you? You're an I something. I S. I S. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I would have never pinned you as an S. Maybe an I C or something. Yeah. I yeah. I can see I C. I would think I C. Maybe I need to read into it more. I don't know. I did it at the at the marriage conference. Yeah. That's yeah. Only- yeah. I can see an S in you. I just would have thought C. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, like what we portray isn't necessarily right. You know, I'm a high I, low D mm-hmm. outside of outside of work so i'm like i'm i'm all about the party like what's going on like let's do this thing you know like that's me outside of work uh at work i'm a high d like getting you know let's get it done like this is the direction we're all going like you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so anyways so that's kind of that's the way i live my life anyway so um But yeah, so take wise action, you know, and for people like Karen, she will never start off in many directions. She always wants to know where she's going out of the gate. And I think all of us have to do, we all have to do that to an extent. And so we all have to learn, like, you may be a free spirit, but if you ever want to be effective at what God is trying to do in your life, you're going to have to learn to to create plans. And so with that, we talked about four things that four things that we can expect or four things that we must uh, kind of recognize will happen. And if we do these four things um, or if we pay attention to these four things uh, as we are working our way through our rule of five, then we can, we can see uh, God do stuff on our behalf. And the first one is that we want to be intentional. 
Um, and in being intentional, uh, you, it, we talked about the idea of not living in a reactive state, but living in a proactive state of mind. Um, what, like what guys, what do you think what, your natural, like in your natural habitat, if you will, do you guys live more proactively or reactively? Like <laughs> I w- I'm probably more reactive. Yeah. I would say I'm more proactive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I am very just like pretty much for the most part, go with the flow, whatever happens, happens. And then, you know, we'll take it from there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm very much so not <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Right, right. I'm, well, what I'm do I want what, to happen? Right. I'm about to make it happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to plan it out. Right, right. And Anna, Anna's fiance puts her in a constant state of being proactive right. because of her reaction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adam has you in a constant state of uh, like, oh gosh, now I got to react. <laughs> right. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> So yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty proactive. It's weird, man. I can turn the switch off. You guys, like we do life together, you know, like y'all are close to Ashley. Um, and so we're around each other a lot outside of church and it's just like, so you guys see me flip the switch a lot. I would think, um, where, you know, like, uh, outside of church, I'm just very kind of like, whatever, I don't care other than where we're eating. Like I, I usually have a voice about what I'm doing about that. Like yeah. I, I genuinely care about what I'm eating. Right. Um, yeah. but other than that, I really just don't care about a lot of things. I'm super reactive. Like let's go, let's do whatever inside the building. You guys obviously see me. It's a totally different. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just like, um, I think God, Pastor Dan, kind of poured a lot of leadership into me about caring about things that matter and not caring and not getting invested in things that don't. You know, like you're going to stress out over a lot of things that do matter throughout the day. Um, the things that really don't matter, just let them be. And I think that's a great thing for young leaders, but just people in general. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have plenty to stress about in life. So if you're stressing about stuff that doesn't matter, you are wasting your time, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, so being intentional. Number, the second thing is to be practical. Um, right. If we're, if we're trying to cut down a tree, grab the ax, not the bat, you know, right. um, you know, don't grab the pool noodle. If you need to, you know, wedge a car out of a chip, like what, it, <laughs> like be practical about the things that in your life that need to change and what you need in your life to change. Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to become a great leader, don't surround yourself with people who don't care. Like you, you at some point you have to allow people to speak into your life that are going to tell you like, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Which me and Adam have those conversations (laughs) occasionally. (laughs) Um, It's cool though. I love it, man. Like I, I really do. I told Adam, you know, um, Adam, I don't know if he, I don't even know if he told you this, but you know, his grandma passed away. We know that. Uh, recently who pretty much raised him mm-hmm. and he w- I don't think he knew when we were coming to the funeral like he was just kind of like I didn't know yeah. and thank you so much for coming and I was like man listen if I'm ever going to be the guy that's always telling you the things you're doing wrong I will always be there for you when you need like if you ever I'm never going to be the guy that just slaps your hands and says don't do that if I'm not going to be the guy that's there if you need a shoulder mm-hmm. or there to be your biggest cheerleader like right. you know so um, case in point, I'm going to be acting a fool at y'all's wedding. Hey, so yes. <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, like, yeah, we need to have people in our life that we need to have 
what's practical. If, if you're trying to become great, surround yourself with greatness. You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to be a great leader, surround yourself with great leaders. So what, what practically do you need to accomplish the things you're trying to accomplish? You know? Um, and then next is be consistent. And I think we really kind of hit on that talking about the music stuff a second ago. Like you have to, it, it's, you don't have to do it all day, but you do have to do it every day. Right. So what are the things that you have to do? Right. And, and then next you can, if you do those things, you can expect results, right? And John Maxwell says, every day of your life is merely preparation for the next. What you become is the result of what you do today. In other words, you are preparing for something. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're preparing for something, um, which is um, why I constantly like to stretch my leaders out of their comfort zone. Would each one of you agree? Yes, with this? absolutely. <laughs> yes. yes. This podcast was out of our comfort zone. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And by the way, Justin, who's usually with us, he's not here because he went to a concert over the weekend. Right after Sunday service, he hit the road to New Orleans <laughs> to go see Def Leppard and Journey, which I, which cracks me up. <laughs> When I think about the people that are at a Def Leppard and Journey right, concert, right. I picture the black Pink Floyd t-shirt yes. or something of the likes or the Def Leppard t-shirt yes. with like torn up jeans, leather jacket, and some boots. Not a little white guy in a then, Ralph Lauren polo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then there's Justin um, with his, yeah, with his Ralph Lauren get up. Yeah. And, uh, and so. Sperry's. Sperry's. And so it, I just, man. And it's so funny because he's had the same wardrobe since the day I met him when we were 11. I was 11 years old and he was 12. Like he's been rocking Ralph. Like he is a strong representation of the brand. Yeah. Like, Polo should sponsor him. Oh, yeah. He really should. Like he should get a Polo sponsorship and I should get a rotation of restaurants sponsoring him. <laughs> yes. So, um, That'd be awesome. But anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, it blows my mind. But nonetheless him and john are creative directors both of them are are uh out at the concerts so that is why anna and karen uh have joined us today but i wanted to i kind of gave my rule of five sunday so these are the five things i do i i don't do them all day but i make sure i do them every day um the first one is i connect so i either can i i i have different people that i connect with but there are some that i don't change like i always connect with my wife um i always connect with the lord and that's through prayer you know what i mean so like i didn't put prayer prayer isn't on my rule of five but it is via connecting with the lord right so i always connect and i have a few people that i always connect with or a list of people that i always connect with um secondly i always reflect so i'm gonna i'm i'm a big reflector um when i look at uh ministries or when i look at some of our teams if i see like i i like to reflect on how they're doing how they can get better how i'm doing how i can get better how our teams are doing how they can get better and oftentimes that kind of drives my conversation with our team leaders some of which the two of you have experienced before um as well as the development so um I never go a day where I don't encourage or develop like number one, allow myself to be encouraged and developed. And then also I do the same thing. So I always try to develop. I, I sometimes it's a text message to one of our leaders. Sometimes it's a full blown hour and a half long conversation, like whatever it is, um, to develop people. Um, 
because I don't, I don't think good development happens in the classroom setting most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's, it's generally in conversation. I think about the most of my development as a leader, most of it happened uh, with my dad, and it was like in the woods while we were looking for like deer tracks or what, you know, like it was, you know, I'll never forget. He taught me something about leadership one time while we were in the woods. And this is what made me think about this. So we were in the woods one time and there were, we were trying to determine if some of the deer had gotten, if they were like healthy or what was going on, some of the food plots, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he was looking and there were tons of tracks close to the water, but the water was drying up. It was like we were in the middle of a drought type thing. Wasn't a lot of rain. And so therefore he was talking about, um, he was saying like, it looks like they're not healthy right now. There's not a lot of food. And you can see these tracks are all around the water, which means they're like super dehydrated. Blah blah blah. Anyways, he then tells me, he said, you know, sometimes people can be that way. And he was talking about how a lot of times they don't migrate to the source of health. They just try to hang around the current distribution. And what he was telling me is like people that always want to be close to you as a leader just so that you can help solve their problems, but they never want to go to the source Mm. to get their problem solved Mm. will eventually drink you dry. Wow, that's good. And you got to know as a leader when to cut them off. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm like, 14 or something like I thought we were hunting deer or whatever, you know, like, but I'll never forget that. Like to always be careful. You can only pour out so much before now. Now they're still unhealthy Mm -hmm. and now you're useless. Right. And knowing when to, when to kind of cut that off. So anyways, like I, he taught me a lot that you develop people through relationship and, and, in in those moments more than just like sit down and turn to page 63 or whatever anyways connect reflect develop impact always create an impact in somebody make a difference uh and then improve how do we get better like how can i how can i get better you know i i'm in a constant state of demanding that my leaders get better and it would be a shame if i didn't do that myself Mm -hmm. so like that's something that i i constantly look at so um and so you guys have even heard me say like when I'll, I'll use the phrase like self-reflection, you know what I mean? So like in, in weird conversations of like self-reflection moment, how could we have done that differently? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and I think, weren't we talking with, uh, what were we talking about the other day? We were talking about something with Justin and we thought we had communicating something like incredibly clearly, but apparently we had not. Right. <laughs> well, right. Um, what was, do you remember what it was? Yeah, I do remember. It was um, communicating to people on our dream team, uh, you know, for anybody that doesn't know listening right now, you know, we're going through some transitions with um, the building that we're in right now and moving to a new office space. And we need help doing that in moving just furniture and cleaning out closets. And so we've been trying to communicate to a group of about 150 people, um, you know, when they can come up and help and what we need and, and stuff like that. And we thought we had communicated it very clearly. And then um, about five or six people had asked me within two hours what the plan was and it was just very clear that we thought we had communicated well but if our people didn't know then obviously we hadn't right 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 and and i think you know some of our leaders some of our strong leaders um just in general we we kind of have the we'll take the notion sometimes that well i know i said that so if they didn't hear it it's their fault and 
if five or six, like if one person didn't hear correctly, you can go, yeah, they probably just missed it, you know. But if five or six people didn't hear correctly, then it's not five or six people's fault. You like self reflection moment, like okay, I obviously didn't do as good of a job communicating as as I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like I have to improve, like you know, and mm-hmm. and you can, and I think in leadership in general, like we can take the notion, like well, they just need to whatever, and it's like well, no, like we need to do better, you know, and that's a constant we thing. Like, how do I how do I do better? How do I communicate better next time? Well, number one, what do we need to do to fix it right now? Mm-hmm. And then how do we make sure we don't run into that? next time right you know yeah just i mean and i think we can kind of tie this in with everything we're talking about you know being intentional being practical being consistent you know we're talking about right now being improving in communication um and i think just to show you like this is an example in our lives which that was you know a (laughs) quote-unquote ministry example of communicating with people but we're always trying to have this be a part of everything that we do, whether it's our personal life or ministry or whatever, that we're always trying to be intentional about improving and practical ways um, that we can be intentional about improving. You know, for us, um, we right now we really need people to read their emails, but maybe we need to get on Facebook because people we know people are on Facebook more to get them to read, read their emails. You know, so just how can we be better leaders, better in all areas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so we talked about some things that we need to do every day. So the, the idea, all of that, like intro, that's a long intro of talking about how there's, there's five things like, so, you know, personally, I think it's always good to develop a rule of five. Like, so what is going to be your personal rule of five? Right. So, I mean, for me, it's to connect, reflect, develop, improve, uh, impact and improve. Um, you know, and all of us need to have a rule of five. And if you take, if you know, pause the podcast right there if you need to to go back and say like all right i need to develop a rule of five for me and and what is it for you like what is the thing for you that you need to get better at what is the thing for you that you want like i want to be this and put a rule in five in place to make sure it happens you know and i'm not necessarily talking about like short term you know like thinking long term like who do you want to be at the end of your life i want to have been this Mm -hmm. and put the put the five things in place that you need to accomplish that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, even, even for me, you know, going back to that, like the, the reflect and develop thing, like a good chunk of what I spend some of my time on doing that is writing and developing, you know, that's how the pipeline came about. You know what I mean? Like after developing for a while, it's like, these are all the things that I feel like, um, leaders, these are all the things that got poured into me. And as I look at other leaders, both in ministry and in whatever, I see this giant void of those things in a lot of people's lives. And it's like, well, we need to create an opportunity to, to put that in people's lives. So, you know, I'm constantly like writing down content. If you looked at my notes on my phone, if you look at my voice memos, like you'll find dozens of just like of things, you know, um, sermon series. Like there's a whole folder in my phone of nothing but like ideas you know, where I'm like, oh, that would be a great sermon series thing, you know, or a song. You sent me a song, golly, probably a year and a half ago. Um, the um, oh, the water. Dang it. What song is that? <laughs> um, it has to do with water. Uh, Peace Be Still. Oh, yeah. 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 You sent me Peace Be Still. Uh-huh. And it was like I was I was listening. <laughs> what well, has to do with water? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so she, yeah, you you sent me a song, "Peace Be Still," and and from that, like, there, now I have a whole series that we're gonna do next year, 
um, that has to do that is kind of centered around that idea. So it's just like sometimes like I'm just constantly putting stuff down. So that's a big part of what we do in the reflect type thing. Mm -hmm. So, so things we need to do every day. So we talked about some things that if we do these five things, um, as believers that will be in a healthy place with the Lord. So like what our walk with God will improve, you know, it'll just change us. So when we're talking about carrying on and, and kind of living a life that we're in a constant state of putting healthy things in, healthy things in, healthy things in, not necessarily food. Cause I mean, I like a salad every now and then, but mm. then your boy needs some chicken wings and yes. some cheese sticks. Give me a quesadilla. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so let's look at those five things. The first thing <clears throat> is that we need to acknowledge and thank God every day. So these are things we're doing every day. So the first thing is we need to acknowledge and thank God. Um, and like, that's a simple yet profound mm-hmm. thing we could do every morning. You know what I mean? Like that's something we could be in a constant state of like, man, God, just thank you. Right. Like first thing in the morning, like, thank you. Um, you know, Anna and Jax wakes you up in the morning. Jax is her dog, by the way. <laughs> I was like, hmm. uh, Jax is her dog, you know, wakes you up in the morning and, uh, you know, I'm not very thankful at that moment, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. transparency right here, especially if it's before the, uh, the sun is up. Yes. So, yes. Uh, um, but yeah, no, no, no. Like acknowledge and thank God every day, you know, and, and Psalm 145, one, two, three says, I will exalt you, my God, the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Uh, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And every day I will praise you. Like, and I think it's just healthy to put God in his rightful place. And I think that changes the tone of our day. You know what I mean? I think about days I wake up where I'm like kind of on two wheels coming out of the house. The whole day feels like that. You Mm -hmm. know, like when I'm whatever, it's almost like whatever tone I wake up in remains the tone for the rest of the day like i'm in a constant state of like chaos you know um and so when we wake up in a tone of thankfulness it changes how we perceive the rest of the day Mm -hmm. you know and uh, i remember pastor chris hodges at church of the highlands he told a story one time of an african king and he had a a buddy who was his like his phrase for everything is like it is good like this is good, you know? And so, um, he, so they, the guy and the African King, they went hunting one day. And so they were, he went to shoot his gun and had been loaded incorrectly. And the, his, his buddy, the one, the, this is good guy is the one that loaded the gun. So he shoots it and it actually blows his thumb off. So the African oh, King like loses his thumb and he like goes to his buddy and he's like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> the African King is like, no, oh, this is okay. bad. <laughs> So he like throws him in jail, throws him in prison. So a couple years later, you know, he's out hunting and, and he gets kidnapped by some cannibals. And so the cannibals take him and they're about to like, they have him tied up and they're like, they're about to kill him. They're going to eat him, you know, and they see that his thumb is missing and cannibals are very superstitious. If it's not whole, they don't eat it. So they let him go. And automatically the king is like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, you know, like uh, this was like this is crazy so he had to he goes to tell his buddy who's in jail he like been in jail for two years like i'm so sorry and his buddy is like this is good this is good <laughs> yeah and he's like how do you keep saying that he's like because if you hadn't put me in jail i'd have been with you right. yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so but all that to say like you we how we approach every day it's up to us. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it can be like, you can take the mentality. Like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. Like, you know, or you can be stressed out and freaked out and, 
and you know caught in a state of lacking gratitude you know right. what i mean like at the end of the day you know we, we could be far worse off than where we are like yeah. has life brought us very unique circumstances that were painful and we would rather have not dealt with them sure like 100 percent. but look at where we are you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so man like this is good you know thank you god like is my life everything i wanted to be no but this is good you know right. so right. i think that's huge so absolutely Number two, talk to God, you know, and uh, we use talk to God because we don't want to use the term prayer. Uh, Obviously, that's that's what it is. Um, But we didn't use the term prayer because I think especially in the Bible Belt, people turn prayer into this official like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like seance, like, you know, like and no, like just talking to God, like having being in that conversation with him. And I don't know about you guys. I would love your feedback on this. I think sometimes doing the work of the Lord distances us from the Lord more than the other. Like if we were doing anything else, our prayer life wouldn't have to be intentionally better as much as it does now because we're working like at a church because we serve, we're here all the time because we're doing this because we're doing the work of God. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll become more disconnected from God. Right. Yeah. I think it definitely can happen. And it's going back to, you know, being intentional, like the thing we were just talking about and even being intentional about how we just talked about being thankful and talking to God. Um, it absolutely. And I think really doing, being in ministry and, you know, being at the church all the time, it, it, to me, it's no different than doing anything else. You know, you can be working your job and working eight, nine, 10 hours a day, or maybe you're a stay at home mom and you're taking care of kids all day, whatever you're doing, if you're not being intentional about it, anything can distance you from God. Um, so yes and no, I mean, it definitely can, but I think anything can. And that's why we're talking about as leaders, as, um, Christians, you know, this is something we put on. This doesn't just, you do this just the same way as, um, you're putting on thankfulness and choosing to be that you're also choosing not to complain. Um, I was listening to a sermon the other day that was talking about the verse in the Bible that says, um, be praying always don't ever cease. And the pastor was saying, you know, all these Christians say that that's so hard, that pray, pray without ceasing. How can we do that? That's impossible. And he said, huh, that's real funny. Cause some of y'all can complain without ceasing. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, hmm. talk about hey. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. Well, I think it's like what you talk about sometimes. You say, like, we need to serve and give out of the overflow, not the reservoir. Oh, yes. Yeah, good. And I think that, um, you know, being in ministry and doing all that, for me, I know it can be easy to be like, oh, I have to meet with this person. I need to, you know, try to encourage this person and do this and do that. And I forget about like, oh, well, I, like you said, like we need to connect with the source. And I forget like, well, crap, I, if I'm not connecting with the source, I'm not really pouring anything good into them. Right. Like I'm just giving them out of my reservoir. I'm not giving them out of the overflow. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's important to make sure that you are talking to God and, and being filled up so you can fill others up. That's right. good. No, 100%. I think that's uh, that's perfect. Um, and we talked about, you know, three things that three things that are helpful with that. Right. Because, again, like 
going back to the the four things we talked about, you know, uh, being intentional and being consistent and practical and all those things. And, and three things about prayer is having a certain time um, of a, you know, a certain time of the day that's just kind of like you, you do it all the time. Cause again, like if, if, if you don't create uh, if you're not consistent, you know, if you don't have, uh, well, I'll just do that whenever I get a few minutes, like you're never going to get a few minutes, you right. know? So having like a certain time, that's why I love the 21 days of prayer. Cause even, you know, I got up this morning, I didn't hit my five o'clock, uh, the, what I was aiming for. Um, but I did get up early, you know, way earlier than I used to, you know, so I was up about five forty-five, and, and, um, uh, obviously before anyone is awake in my house, you know, <laughs> even the dogs aren't getting up yet. So, um, and I, I was just kind of moving through the house and put some coffee on for myself this morning. And like, I had that time, like, you know, like, uh, having just some, some time with the Lord to pray. And, and, uh, that's key because I, I, historically I'm real bad about like, well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. And, um, you know, the, the longer, the older I've gotten and the more wisdom the Lord has just been able to kind of show you never do get to that, right. you know? Um, so you prioritize what's important. Right. So it's just like we were talking about in the beginning of this is, you know, in, if you think about it in every other area, whether you're trying to lose weight, sure. you're <laughs> trying to maybe advance your career. You're trying, I think that, you know, you were talking about um, being a musician and becoming better at your craft and learning instruments better just talking about doing something every day it's hilarious to me that as as christians a lot of times we put effort into every other area of our life into you know like oh i want to you know beach body 2019 so i'm going to start working out every day you and you have that mindset of P90X. yeah of i have to do this every day or i'm not going to get to this place that i want to be why don't we do that spiritually right. you know it's like going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this you know of this conversation you can't come for an hour on a sunday and expect I don't want to use the term as results because I think that kind of sounds weird, but you're not going to have the relationship. You're not going to live the life that you want to live with the Lord. If you just put in, you know, one hour on Sunday, what do you really want? If you want to be walking with the Lord and, and for him to change you and do a work in your life, that's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Anna, you, you know, you've, I think I've communicated this to you and Adam more than anyone else, just because having been a worship leader, I, I know, I know this to be so true. Um, but we've talked about this a few times, which is your team will always ever be a small representation of who you are. Yeah. yeah. So like who you are spiritually. So, you know, from a leadership perspective, who you are, you know, if you're 75% healthy, don't ever expect your team to be more than 50. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to be at a hundred percent for them to be seventy-five, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, for, even from that perspective, like as lead as leaders, because you know, the three of us are, and a lot of you out there listening, you are, um, you know, your spiritual leaders, whether that's to your family or to an organization or whatever, you know, um, if whatever you accept that is less than the standard, they will accept less than that. Right. And so we're we're at a constant place of setting setting the spiritual bar. 
Um, and, you know, and uh, it would be great if everyone that believed in Jesus, Jesus was the bar for everyone. Unfortunately, that's just not the case, you mm-hmm. know. So as leaders, we set the bar. So, um, yeah, I mean, we want to be in a constant state of being full and in constant state of leading well. So, um, yeah, we have a certain time and, and along with the same ideas, but a certain different thing is having a certain place, like having a place where you pray is important. Um, you know, for me, it's my truck. And, uh, you know, that's, that's generally where it happens. Um, although the morning time, it has traditionally been my truck until I started doing this early morning rise business, um, which I'm still getting adjusted to. So, uh, so now it's my kitchen table cause it's the closest to my coffee maker. And I would just want to go sit back down after I'm gotten up. So, um, having a certain place is important. And then having a plan uh, is really, really important, you know, and, and so knowing like, what am I praying about? What am I, you know, going into this? Am I praying about certain team members, you know, for those of us that are leaders, certain family members, for those of us who are spiritual leaders to our families? Uh, am I praying for, you know, um, whoever, you know, like I, I pray for, I have different, I have a different plan for each day of the week. You know, most, I don't tell people that a lot, you know, so there are certain days that I pray specifically, even for you guys, like for our staff and for, you know, some of our directors and stuff. Like there are certain days that, that that's kind of my sole focus for the day. Um, you know, my wife always gets prayed for every day. Um, you know, the church generally gets prayed for every day, you know, but then there are specific areas throughout. So I always have a plan going in of, mm-hmm. of who I'm praying for and, and what that prayer is going to look like, you know? So, um, so that's important that in your prayer, you have a certain time, a certain place and a certain plan that we follow through. And then number three. Um, so the first one is we're going to acknowledge and thank God. Number two, we're going to talk to God, which is prayer by the way. Uh, and then number three, uh, read and submit to God's word every day, read and submit to God's word every day. Now notice it doesn't just say read, right? Anna, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, right, Karen? It says yes. read and submit. submit. Um, and I think that's so important. We have been doing this a while. I mean, you guys are young. 23 Three. for Anna and 25 for Karen and um, myself at 31. And, and even at young ages, we've been doing this long enough that there are so many people that come to us and they go, I've been reading my Bible and I see all these things that I don't like that it says. And it's like, yeah. And? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Duh. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's what I, so I think people have a problem, you know, people talk about their problem with Christianity. And it's like, yeah, it's just because it keeps telling me all these things I need to change about myself. I'm like, right. <laughs> like, it, whatever, you know, I love what Tim Keller said. He's like, if you find a religion that doesn't make you change, then you haven't found a religion. You've just found a way to make yourself God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so That's good. Like, yeah. Noted. Right. So <laughs> like, yeah, we have, we have to change. We have to submit. Like we have to, um, we have to find ourselves becoming more like Christ, but to become more like Christ inevitably means becoming less like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Isaiah 48 says the grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of God endures forever, you know? Um, so yeah, I like, I don't feel like we need to like chop that tree down. Like we read the word, but we also submit to what it says. What does it say about us that needs to change? And then how do we change ourselves to fit whatever Mm -hmm. the Bible is communicating to us, you know? Yeah. And you know, maybe somebody that has never read God's word before, sometimes when you decide okay this is something i'm gonna start doing you start sometimes that is difficult just because there are things that 
you don't understand, you know, and questions that you have. But I think that that's a great segue into our next point of maintaining meaningful relationships, because when you get in relationship with other people and you start talking about God's word together, that is such so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And both of you, not to get all like denominational, but <laughs> but both of you kind of come back, come from a baptism. Baptist background. Mm-hmm. Yes. Southern Baptist. Let's be clear. Yeah. Southern Baptist. Uh, yes. <laughs> then there's that. Love it. Love it. Um, so I was talking to Ashley about this the other day. Funny, funny enough. And I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast, but I'm bringing it up now. So I was talking to Ashley about this the other day. We were having a theological conversation mm-hmm. and she was asking me, um, as we are navigating painful experiences of our own, which is everything with Jabin and, and the loss of him and, and, uh, and, and because of that, that naturally stirs up questions that I think a lot of us have about why this and why that, and you know, and how come this and, and, you know, we, so we grew up, Ashley and I grew up in Pentecostal circles. So very charismatic, very borderline, like faith camp type stuff. Right. And, um, uh, and she asked me, um, a couple weeks ago, we were having a conversation and she said, why do number one, like, why do we experience such and such and such and such? Um, but more importantly, like, why are we taught this if that's not the case? And I was telling her, I said, so it's interesting. And I didn't, I, I didn't grow to understand and appreciate this until I got later in ministry and in life and all those things. And I said, you know, it's really interesting to see like Baptist and Protestant and stuff like that circles they they rely heavily on um, relation number one like relationships, but specifically in the context of the word. So you see, like their Sunday school classrooms are packed at Baptist churches mm-hmm. yeah. generally. You know, um, there's a high you know in in Baptist Protestant circles you um, you see a uh, a large demographic of um, of exegetical type preaching mm-hmm. and and um in systematic preaching where they like just kind of work their way through verse by verse and and i think all of those things are great that's right. i'm not doubting I, I think that uh those things are powerful and, and we look for key opportunities to do that even at our church because i think there's value in it so um so so in but in talking about that i said what has happened is so you have this side of the of the denominational or even theological or ideological you have this side of the coin, which is like, it's all about the Bible. It's all about the Bible. It's all about the Bible. Um, and then on the other side where we come from, which is like the Pentecostal side of the coin is it's all about the experience, all about the experience, all about the experience. Like, did they speak in tongues? Right. It's like, no, like they didn't speak in tongues, but they read their Bible up. Oh, they're not saved. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, right. I don't think that that's the case yeah. either. You know, like, and, um, and, you know, even come like talking to some of my Baptist friends that are like, you know, that, so they're on the Baptist side of the coin. They're like, we believe in the father, the son and the Holy Bible. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> they've, they've kind of like on one side of the coin, they've kind of like done away with the Holy spirit. You know, you have like right. cessationists, mm-hmm. John MacArthur and some mm-hmm. of these guys that are talking about that. And then on the other side of the coin, it's all experienced. These faith camp guys, these Kenneth Copeland guys and all this who almost twist the word of God to make ourselves some sort of hero in God's eyes. And he has to do. And the conversation was, was coming to a head at the idea that, that in, in the Pentecostal circles, if we do all of these things the right way and the planets align and we say this prayer, then read this verse and 
we use X amount of boxes of tissues, then God has to do what we summoned him to do. Like God is our summoning agent. And since Mm. we did it this way and it worked last time, revival sparked, then we do it that way again and revival has to spark. And and, and we treat God like this person we can summon to accomplish our will. In reality, like that's not the case at all. Then there's the other side where it says like, you know, God, God doesn't even really show up in our lives anymore anyways, because the Holy Spirit was for the, you know, old, like the, the apostles after the new Testament. Wow. Like, and so there's these two. And I was like, I don't think that either one of them are accurate. I think that there's a blend of experience and biblical foundation. And unfortunately there's not enough people putting those together, um, to, to create, uh, healthy environments and going back to what we were talking about with meaningful relationships. I think that relationships in the context of allowing the Bible to come alive to us so that the Holy spirit can show up and create power in our lives. Um, either the power to see things change through prayer or the power to sustain us when we have to endure trials and situations um, that we would rather not have gone through. Mm-hmm. Either he changes things on our behalf or he carries us on our behalf because the things didn't change. Right. But either way, he's still God. Mm-hmm. And But relationships help you navigate that journey uh, that you otherwise would have a hard time navigating. Right, right. And so I see uh, denominate, the problem with relationships is a lot of them aren't meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're maintaining denominational relationships or you know, uh, unhealthy relationships or whatever the case may be. And when you take a step back, you're going like, man, a lot of these people are just kind of weird and I would never hang out with them otherwise, you know, <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and th- so that's why we joke about it a lot. Like, uh, I, I call myself like a, like I'm a charismatic reformed Baptocostal or something. So, um, w- because I just see, you know, I think if if people go to hell, their name tag is going to burn off, and then they go to heaven, it's going to fall off. So it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, so all that to say, yeah. And Karen, you're like our small groups. You're you're like small groups. <laughs> small groups director. runs in my veins. Yes. I love small groups, and you know the reason why I love small groups so much is because I've seen in my own life talking about because if you'll notice what we're talking about right in this point is meaningful relationships, not just relationships. Right. You can have relationships with anybody and everybody, but we, you need a meaningful relationship. So small groups gives you the opportunity to be connected with people and in community with people that are going to do just what we're talking about, about they're running after the same thing that you are. And they're going to remind you, you know, when you're going through a hard time or maybe you have questions, they're going to remind you, no, no, no. Remember the Lord says this, you know, the word says this, and in my own life, I've, my life has been drastically different because of relationships. You know, I don't remember probably if you ask me, you know, what sermon series were we in two months ago? What sermon did I preach? I'm not going to remember. Like, Man, I gotta sorry. Go back. I got to <laughs> yeah. go back and look at that myself. But. I'm not going to remember. But the times that you've called me into your office and we've had a conversation I will always remember that. Yeah. And, um, you know, even Anna and I have been friends for five years. We met in college and um, the the conversations and the things we've walked through in those past five years has literally changed my life. And I, you know, Anna is one that's more reserved, I think, to open up. And I'm kind of more of an open book and I tell people everything. And um, 
our relationship has been great because I've learned things from her. I think you've learned things from me, maybe. I mean, you can, I don't know. <laughs> um, but we've been able to encourage each other because we're running after the same thing. Right. If I didn't have her, you know, and I thank God that, that she was brought into my life to, to be such a great friend. Um, I think my life would be drastically different if I didn't have her or other people in my life where these relationships are really meaningful. So small groups is just a way is some, you know, a way to make that happen for people. Um, because we know that it might be hard for people to have meaningful relationships on their own. So we try to kind of make it for them. Um, yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, there's a saying, I think Andy Stanley is the one that made it famous, but he said, you know, people never remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that that's kind of really jumping into the vein of what you're communicating is that, you know, like you know, sermon after sermon after sermon. And most people, even the sermons that you do remember, right. you usually don't remember the whole thing. You remember the thing that made you feel something out of, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, even, you know, um, La you know last week we, we got a lot of response out of the stuff we talked about last week when we were dealing with heaviness and no one remembers all four points right they remember the thing that that the lord used to speak to their heart that made them feel a certain way and so mm -hmm. people don't remember what you say they remember how you make them feel and relationships are what or what make you feel you know um even go back to what you were talking about like our our conversations in people that people that aren't with us don't it's hard to understand this but the conversations that i have with all of my leaders and two of you you two are, are part of that um most of the time my conversations with you um are are moments where i try to help you identify why something is the way that it is in your life and prayerfully some things that could either identify that those are e either extremely healthy or unhealthy um, in things that they can change. And m most of them aren't, we're not talking about character flaws. Right. We're not talking about a lack of integrity. Um, we're talking about confidence and we're talking about assurance. And most of the time, in all honesty, we're talking about identity. Like, mm -hmm. like things, we are the way we are because of things throughout our life that have shaped us to make us that way. And sometimes some of us need to hear, like, I know that happened and I know you believe that, but that is not true. Or, um, you know, you're not believing certain things and these things are 100% true and you two aren't the only ones, but you are two that have experienced that. And most of that comes down to it's, it's, it's rarely revolutionary. Mm -hmm. The things we say aren't new. We've heard them a thousand times, but I think and when you're in a relationship, like when you're, when we're connected in such a way that when someone can finally communicate that and it, it doesn't, we're not communicating something different, but it makes us feel different. Like now it's a different level of mm -hmm. you know it, it's it changes how we receive it um when it's through a relationship so that's right. huge which I, that's why i think relational leading you know you guys talk hear me harp about that constantly from a leadership perspective like if you're not relation if you're not leading relationally you're not leading at all right so you know unless you're a great dictator which i'm not and i don't know anyone you know like <laughs> so anyways yeah maintain meaningful relationships and that's a daily thing mm -hmm. you know even our small groups are weekly they meet weekly but our small groups are something happening every day. You mm -hmm. know, we like, we connect with people every day. And I think social media has made that a lot easier, you know, where you can connect and you know, Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, whatever. So, um, yeah. And then number five, lastly, to wrap this whole thing up is every day I'm going to surrender my life to God. 
Like every day I'm going to surrender my life to God. Like I'm going to give him all of me surrendering to him uh, constantly. So, and that's, you know, even Paul, you know, he's like, I die to my flesh daily. Like I die every day um, to who I am so that I can become more like Christ. And so um, just to recap the five things that we're going to do every day to improve our spiritual life. Number one, we're going to acknowledge and thank God. We're going to have gratitude. Number two, we're going to talk to God. We're going to pray. Uh, number three, we're going to read and submit to his word. Number four, we're going to maintain meaningful relationships. And then number five, we're going to surrender our life to him, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him daily. So thank you guys so much for jumping on the podcast with us today. Karen, it's good to have you back. Anna, first time. And uh, not, thanks, the last. Richard, not the last. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have a uh, have you back on. But thank you guys so much again. I know we did it in the beginning, but tell them where they can find you. Anna, go ahead. Tell mm-hmm. them where they can find you on Instagram. And it's at Anna Frost with one in one in. And then Karen, tell where they can find you at Karen Swan or Karen underscore Swan. But with two ends, two ends. Yeah. And uh, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brad Livingston underscore. Thank you guys for tuning in with us for another week. You can find more about the church. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola, or you can go to transformationchurch.com. We have some amazing things that are launching uh, this Sunday. We start our very first sermon uh, our first week for the Thought Attack series, which we're pumped about. Go on Instagram and Facebook uh, throughout this week. You're going to be seeing some promo videos and artwork and stuff like that. Uh, so share that. Also, don't forget to like, review, share all that stuff and subscribe to our podcast. So maybe you're listening for the first time or you keep jumping on each week, man, hit subscribe. You'll catch us every week. And we are greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate that. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can tweet us or you can send an email to follow up at transformationchurch.com. All right, guys, we love you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.